I'm Alex. And I'm Brandon. Hey, Brandon, do you remember when presidential inaugurations were attended by the outgoing president? Do you remember Polly Sai? <laughs> the fuck, Crypt Keeper? <laughs> oh, man, I'm clipping so loud on my audio right now. That was a very loud old lady. You know, when I read uh, story time books to the chillin, uh, you, you know, such as Hansel and Gretel, you've got to have a large repertoire of voices to perform. And of course, the old lady witch is one of them. Oh, classic. Yeah. So I had to I had to just kind of ease right into it. And I mean, you know me, I think both of us, we've always loved doing impersonations and voices. I think that's something we've done our whole lives, right? I mean, you have. I have been bad at it. <laughs> you're not bad at it. What are you talking about? I can you're, do you're... like a I can do like a John McCain. I can do an Obama. There's a couple <laughs> I can do. I'm pretty limited, though, to be completely honest. I, I, I like I really do like your John McCain a lot. I really like your Trump. Your Trump makes me happy. Oh. You know I, what? What else makes me happy is we're not going to have a whole lot of reason to be doing our Trump impersonation um, because January 20th, 2021 is in two days. And there's something happening on that day. I can't remember what it was. I feel like I feel like I feel like somebody is going to have a lot less power. It, it, this is wild to think about. This is the last episode that we're going to be recording while Trump is still president. That's pretty amazing. I feel like Trump has been president for like my entire life. Like I, I, he is just the most exhausting individual and every single day wondering what he's going to do has aged me like incredibly. And I just I can't imagine moving on. I feel like I'm going to, you know, just be so much stronger, healthier, smarter. I'm probably putting too much on this, though. No, I don't think you are. I think it is a big deal. And I also like there are a lot of people with whom I agree with ide ideologically who are really skeptical about Joe Biden, which is completely fine. But can't we just take a moment to recognize that literally we have a fascist wannabe autocrat who will no longer be in power? And that's a really, really good thing. Like, it, like I just I feel like whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, this person is not good for the country. He's not been good for his political party. He's not been good, period. And I think that we can we can take a moment. Yes, apply pressure to Joe Biden, whether you're on the right or you're on the left. I think that's completely appropriate. But let's just take a moment and just feel good about it. I think that's totally fair. We deserve that, don't we? I mean, come on. Well, that's an entire like I think we're going to spend some time on this topic during the pod today. Um, just what did this represent for America? This incredible. I mean, Trump promised to shake things up and he certainly did that. And I think he has also exposed um, some weaknesses, but also some strengths within our system. And, you know, I do want to get into those and, and sort of explore those a little deeper. But first, I want to go to the news you can use. All right. That was fantastic. <laughs> Pretty good. fantastic. So, I mean, most of the news that you can use today has to do with the fallout of the insurrection. One thing that's absolutely incredible is I have been waiting for Trump's favorability rating to fall below 42 percent for four years. And I have been awestruck that it has never occurred. But finally, we found the event that could make, you know, make some some Republicans actually split from Trump. And I, I've read that and his it's upending uh, the constitutional republic that is America. That's all it took, <laughs> yeah, Alex. Right. Yeah, that's all it took. And and in, in a very dramatic way, too. It wasn't like this was some like quiet backroom G deal where he was trying to like slowly or quietly wrest power away from, you know, the rightful winner of an election. He literally sent 
a mob of angry demonstrators, some of whom were armed, some who actually were in, intent on committing acts of violence into the Capitol. And supposedly what he what he thought, I mean, from what I could gather, I've been doing a lot of reading about this. They thought that this violent mob would somehow affect the way that senators were voting and that House members were voting and that the screams in the hallway would make people feel like, well, I, I can't go against this. I guess we just have to overturn the election. That's literally what he had pinned his hopes and dreams on. Actually, you know what's funny? I know that we are not going to spend too much time on this because we hit it last episode. I think it's worth noting that as the FBI and other law enforcement agencies are actually getting in touch with these people to interview them and prosecute them and hold them accountable for their various crimes, that these people have said explicitly that they thought they were given permission by Trump to do this. And I think that's very telling. I mean, it goes into the what Trump's intent was in the days leading up to this insurrection and the day of and the, the speech that he gave. But it also, I think it, it's interesting to look at who was there that so many people, we talked about this last podcast, but so many people were from out of town, some people coming in on private jets. This is not a disenchanted, anxious working class. Like these were a lot of like very wealthy people, right? Like not everybody, but some of them definitely were thought that they had permission to do this by Trump explicitly and just how wild that is and how not okay that is. Well, this is where I have to advocate you know, for the other side of America, I think, because I spend so much time sifting through Fox News and OAN. So imagine, Brandon, as a Democrat, which I know that you are. Imagine that the election I, was <laughs> whatever socialist Democrat, however you, you sort of you think of yourself in this country. Democratic we're confined. socialist, Alex, card carrying, as I've talked about. Many well, I'm not getting back into that with you. I'm, I, I, we <laughs> yes. talked about the lock of Bernie Sanders hair. We're good with that. But imagine if your vote, you had evidence that your vote actually was overturned in an election and the sitting president appeared to be under duress and appeared to be uh, in, in uh, there. He was being forced out in front of your eyes and he asked you to come to the Capitol and help him win it back and also pretend that you listen to a lot of talk radio where you know consistently these stories of good versus evil are presented to you these ideas that the country is being stolen the country is being taken over that Democrats you know want to take away everything that you fought for take away your freedom and you've been steeped in that for decades now and the president of the United States who rose to power on that type of of uh, argument is asking you to come save your democracy. That's the shocking thing about this. You know, you watch some of the videos and I want to talk about some of the things that we saw in some of the videos of of uh, rioters at the Capitol. These people think they're acting patriotically. They genuinely do. Some of they, them do. I think some of them think that they have the cover to do this and they again think that they have permission to do it without there being any repercussion. I think there's a I think you're giving people a lot of credit. I think there's a large number of people who know in the deep back of their minds the election wasn't stolen, that there was no evidence for it, but that Trump is someone who they do support very strongly and they felt like they had permission to do this and so they did it. Wow. I, I, I think that's I, I a giant chunk of people too. I got to disagree. I, I mean, honestly, if you listen to some of these videos, I, I think there's some of those folks that you described. But like the things that they're yelling out are like 
1776. Protect the Constitution. You know, it's so ironic because the Constitution is exactly why Joe Biden won. (laughs) We're following the letter of the Constitution. The, The bottom line argument that Trump and some of his allies who may well face some repercussions for this, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, you know, could they possibly be expelled from the Senate? I'm not sure. I mean, we're going to have to see where this goes. But the argument essentially was that states were not following the Constitution, which states that, you know, votes will be collected in a manner that is decided by state legislatures. Well, in other parts of of legal documentation, it, it you know, there's specific reference that state legislatures can put that power in the hands of whoever they see fit, Correct. such as a secretary of state. So the argument itself is specious. I mean, it's a it's a paper thin argument, but it's an argument that has been made over and over and over again that that certain states were not following the Constitution when when votes were collected. It's somehow unconstitutional to collect votes by mail. Right. To, For, to, to really quick to your point, the legislature can absolutely grant rulemaking authority to other agencies or departments. And that happens all the time. That's what you're talking about. Right. I mean, it's not up to the state legislature to see day by day, you know, uh, functioning of the government. That's not what they do. They set the laws, right? They pass the laws. They're policymakers. They're not administrators. That's not their role. That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. My point. So, I mean, I don't we'll get into some of these videos, but these these people seem to really at least, you know, some of the folks that I've seen and, and what they're screaming, they seem to really believe what they're doing is is patriotic and that they're saving something. I mean, I, I want to talk a little bit about the 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 uh, New Yorker video. There was an undercover um, reporter that went in and we'll talk about that when we get through the news you can use. The first thing I wanted to address is that Trump is losing platforms, right? He's been banned now from Twitter, YouTube. I don't know what else. A bunch of other things, Pinterest, right? I mean, Facebook, <laughs> Pinterest, probably yeah. Tinder and Match.com. <laughs> No, the Pinterest, so, the Pinterest one is funny. It's like he can't even look at crochets, MAGA crochets anymore. That's so rude. <laughs> so mean. What did he do to violate, like, the terms of service on Pinterest? Like, what great did, question. Was he posting? I mean, I guess he could post some propaganda posters. But so I was listening on, on NPR earlier today. They were saying that um, misinformation regarding the election is now down on the Internet. Seventy three percent just from Trump being banned. Wow. So, well, that shows it, you the power of that office doesn't it? Oh, my God. And it also shows you the power that Trump commanded over this particular technology. Remember, a person like Trump would never have been president in any other era. He was able to effectively communicate via Twitter with people who are, you know, also consuming information that way. He was able to set the tone. He was able to set the terms of the discussion by just tweeting something out and then everyone has to talk about it. I mean, that is how he governed, right? He he would do a press conference now and again, but but for the most part, the news was reporting on Trump's Twitter feed. And without that, he has been almost, I would say, ominously silent. It's kind of scary to have him be president and not hear anything because you're like, man, what is he up to? Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's it makes me think about how we've known for a long time. We Again, I think we also touched on this in the last episode that the the 
policymakers, state legislators, and the federal lawmakers have lagged so far behind in setting out the rules and boundaries and regulations for technology, right? Like you think about the rules and the policies around access to telephone lines and radio waves and all that kind of stuff and television stations and how quickly the internet has come up and how quickly these platforms are now changing. I mean, they're changing orders of magnitude faster than they did decades or even a couple of years ago and how it's very important that this country has a number of serious conversations, but really just kind of like a a good faith effort to talk about what the balance of your freedom of speech and your access to speak freely, balancing that with, oh, like it turns out our country is going to collapse if we allow our elected leaders to literally lie about things. And it's like, but it's very well, difficult, yes. right? It's like, well, who right. gets to decide what is a lie or isn't a lie and what kinds of things can be regulated and I think that is a fair conversation to have, but we need to start having it and not be afraid of it. I think it's really important. And I think we should also underscore that Trump was not banned from these platforms for lying. You can lie all you want. He was banned from these platforms because he incited violence. He he caused an insurrection at the Capitol. He almost cost lawmakers their lives. Five individuals did die that day. A police officer, um, some other people in the Capitol, um, a, a, a right wing protester or whatever you want to call her. So, I mean, he caused the deaths of people. And there was evidence that there were there was more violence to come, that that, you know, these organizations were not done. I was very nervous today, Sunday, and they were expecting, you know, uh, protest protests and, and violent protests, possibly, you know, armed individuals all around the country through the weekend. And that didn't happen. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way the FBI, you know, law enforcement has responded to the Capitol riots. Right. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about how we dissuade people from engaging in acts of terrorism, which sort of loops back to a, a conversation we had on the last podcast about whether or not we should call this terrorism. And, and I think that we should. After thinking about it for a week, I've kind of settled on that. I feel that it is it is an example of terrorism. But that was my first news you could use is, is Trump is being deplatformed. The second one is Trump is losing sponsors. Trump is losing money. Uh, Deutsche Bank is no longer going to work with Trump, the biggest lender that I believe Trump owes 400 or 500 million dollars to. Uh, the PGA canceled, pulled a tour from a Trump golf course in 2022. Uh, the city he's of, about that one. <laughs> oh, of course he is. The golf course. I mean, he lives for those, right? He loves being on his golf courses and owning these golf courses and having people come. <laughs> He party. loves golf. Yeah, he, he's not particularly good at it. There's a there's a ton of interesting articles online about how he cheats playing golf, but you know you can read those on I'm your shocked. on on your off time. Yeah, um, you know he. What was the other one I was going to bring up? He um, the Deutsche Bank losing, PGA. Yeah, the city of New York is pulling. You know, I guess the Trump organizations run run some ice skating rinks and and like 17 million dollars worth of contracts for for city stuff. New York wants to pull all of that. I mean, this Trump went too far. He finally went too far. I think even he knows, you know, wow, I'm the amount of pushback I'm getting on this is is pretty crazy. Um it's it's beautiful to finally see some repercussions for his actions, but it's insane that it took, you know, something, an event that nearly toppled our democratic uh, republic. That's that's basically what it comes down to. Well, and all of these things that are hurting Trump, they're not just going to hurt Trump, Alex. Won't somebody, for the love of God, won't somebody think of the children? Won't someone <laughs> think of his kids? I know. There's so many, like, hilarious articles about how it's really sad for Jared and Ivanka because 
like they don't really Aww. they don't they, they show up at these fancy elite clubs and people don't really want them there and they don't know where they should go and they were you know, gonna Ivanka, run for office alex yeah ivanka so on what grounds <laughs> was ivanka trump going to run for senator in florida and on what grounds was don jr gonna run for senator in wyoming what experience do these two pampered individuals have that would make us believe that they would be incredible social servants why because they were around the president because they're related to the president who is equally unfit for that office it's um yeah it's i I agree with you back to your point uh, why did it take this much why did it why did it have to get to this point before there are actual repercussions it yes that is terrifying and yes it is good to see that there are and will continue to be real world consequences and not just not just from businesses like there are going to be lots of different investigations we still have all of the meddling that trump did in georgia and that you know recorded phone call between himself and their secretary of state brad raffensperger asking him to find votes for him after they had already certified their like things like that like there's a lot of stuff i i think there's a, a lot of um pardon my french shit that is yet to hit the fan for trump and his family and that's again it's really it's a good thing you'll love to see it nobody likes you brad you know that don't you nobody likes you oh, it's just, it's just like okay so here's another totally fascinating um angle on this insurrection that you may not have heard so you know we talked a little bit about the uh, alternative social media app parlor that um the right wing had been using to communicate so it turns out that parlor which was being run by a fairly inept group of people it turns out you know they had had their services pulled by a number of different organizations organizations because they were playing host to violent hate speech and apparently whatever security software they were using to protect their database was actually a trial version of the software what and so yes i am not kidding i can't make this stuff up it was a trial version of the software and so before parlor was taken down a left-wing hacker was able to completely download all of parlor's uh media database including including videos with geolocation tagging from all users with their user profiles and they were able to then turn this over to the fbi and it's like literally tens of thousands of videos of the insurrection did you i'm sorry i was kind of reading something else did you mention that they're yeah that they were able to pinpoint where they were where the videos were taken it's funny funny to see a map and over time of you can see exactly where people were moving throughout the building oh man and it's i mean these are the same people not all of them, but some, oh, I'm not going to take the COVID vaccine because they're going to put trackers in your body. It's like, but you don't turn off your phone to, when you're trying to overthrow the government, like smart. Yeah, and these are probably the same people who thought like, oh, I'm not getting on Facebook because they're going to track me. It's like, dude, you don't understand how computers work. Like, Wait, you just don't. Did you mention the thing about Parler where they had a feature if you wanted to be like a certified user, you had to literally upload a photo of your driver's license and send it to Parler? What were these people thinking? And, and, and literally, many, what many, many people did as an actual parlor user who has a fake name on parlor and did not upload my driver's license good call i was shocked that they were even asking for i 
would never send my driver's license that to some sketchy it sounds, company. It sounds like a really, really <laughs> bad email scam. Oh, my God. It's just like uh, it, so anyway, all of this information is in the hands of the FBI. Um, I actually went so far. Here's here's what an egghead I am, Brandon. I went so far as to listen to a um, telephone only press conference with the FBI and a few news folk. It was like an hour long call and they were talking. This was uh, last week. I listened to this. They were talking about, you know, the folks that they've arrested, the leads they have. They have like over 300 leads. They've arrested over 100 people. You know, they their message to people involved in the insurrection was, you know, even if you've gone home, you're going to get an FBI agent knocking on your door. So turn yourself in. Just turn yourself in. We're still going to punish you. But, you know, you might have a little more leverage if you come to us. And a a number, a, a large number of these people are squarely blaming the president. And I, I hear that uh, people's lawyers, you know, lawyers, defense attorneys who are, are going to bat for these people are encouraging them to state it was the president that encouraged me to do this because, I mean, how much higher in the social ladder can you really go? Right. And I so, think that that is huge, not only for kind of history telling the story of how horrible it was that Trump literally tried to get people to overthrow a free and fair election, but also for the potential, well, for the Senate trial, the impeachment trial in the Senate, right? And whether or not he will be found um, guilty, right, of the articles of impeachment that have been introduced and already passed in the House. Just if you can draw a direct line between Trump's words and actions and the actions of the people that were trying to take over the Capitol, if you can draw a straight line between those two things, it makes holding Trump accountable a lot easier. And since you mentioned impeachment, I want to also mention I did a little more research on this because we had mentioned this at the la- on the last pod as well. So impeachment, of course, we it takes two thirds of the senators present to actually impeach the president. And after that, a second vote can then be cast. And it's a simple majority on whether or not that person can hold office again. But did you know this is news you can use too, Brandon? Have you heard of the delicious 14th Amendment? I have heard it. That's been coming up a lot lately. But tell us about it. Well, basically, the language says that if a individual has engaged in, I believe the word is insurrection or rebellion with a simple majority, that means Kamala Harris plus 50 senators in the Senate, we can actually bar that person from holding office. And here's the really great thing. In order to reverse that, it would have to be a two thirds majority. So I am feeling pretty confident that Donald J. Trump will never be holding office again and that that will actually be legally uh legally rendered like he will he will he will be disqualified for life that's huge and and it's appropriate this is i mean we're talking about holding people accountable for extremely serious actions and this shouldn't be and isn't a partisan issue this is not about democrats trying to get back at republicans for having been in the presidency for four years it's looking at specific actions that were taken and holding people accountable for those actions. It's really as simple as that. And um, yeah, you, again, when you, what, when you, you love s- to see it. When you stand in front of an angry mob at the Save America rally uh, on the day that your opponent who beat you is being certified and you say, we'll never take back our country by weakness. We'll only take back our country through strength. We're going to have to fight like hell. I mean, the the people present As he understood. says behind foot, like a foot of bulletproof glass. <laughs> I know. He looks so hilarious, like watching him with his arms open, like Jesus raising, you know, raising the dead or something like he's some sort of God. This guy 
guy is so caught up in himself. It's unbelievable. And the other funny thing about it is he says, I'll be right there with you. I'll be walking <laughs> he with you. Out. <laughs> he just He got out of there as quick as he could. <laughs> He disappears. And then he's like, you know, back to the Oval Office or whatever, watching like OAN and like, you know, logged into his son's Twitter account, like watching all of this unfold. And, you know, by some accounts, gleeful that this was happening, you know, withholding aid from from people who were holed up and hiding in the Senate, withholding aid and, and just like relishing the fact that this was happening, that his people were showing their strength. Well, good job, Donald. You you did it. You I do love it. the part about he's saying I'm going to go with you. And then he does. And he's like the drunk guy at the bar who picks the fight with the other group and he like gets all his friends to like fight him and then he like runs away it's like literally what happened. it's a great idea i'll be right there with you oh, uh, good stuff you got you got to do the running uh the the little sound in in final fantasy when you run away yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's like your feet start scooting and you know the dust kicks up behind you and then finally it's you know, and if you do that enough, you start <laughs> dropping gold and you even start dropping rare items and stuff. It's like, I think Trump lost. Dude, never mind. I can't, he I can't he lost it. a lot of rare items. No, I really like this analogy. He lost so many rare items. He lost another 10% of favorability. He lost he, he lost uh, Deutsche he Bank. He lost the immunity egg and now he's going to be prosecuted. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, let's talk about that. So a um, hundred more pardons are expected tomorrow on Tuesday. A hundred more. God, I just am, I feel sick wondering who it's going to be. I don't know. Is it, so I have tried to read up on whether or not he is going to be pardoning any of his family members or himself. Have you read anything about that? No one knows. I mean, so I, I have read that some of the uh, White House counsel have suggested that Trump not do that because it looks really, really, really bad and it may not hold up to legal scrutiny. Um, it, it, especially a self-pardon doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I heard one um, legal scholar talking about, you know, the language involved in in and issuing a pardon says that a pardon shall be granted. And in the classical use of the word granted, it means to give to someone else. So you can't really give yourself something. You can't really grant yourself a thing, you know, like you can't. So I, I, I'm not sure it would it would even hold up. Um, the other problem is Trump is on the on the line for a lot of state crimes, not just federal ones. So I'm not sure a pardon says anything other than like, yeah, we think we're guilty, like now the feds can't come after us, but that does not uh, at all shield them from all of the legal liability that might be coming their way. Can you imagine if every single one of these protesters who is arrested chooses to try and take uh, Trump to civil court? Think O.J. Simpson, right? O.J. Simpson didn't go to jail, but he was like economically destroyed from the murder that he did commit. Right. So I, these guys are in a lot of trouble, a lot of legal trouble. You love to see it. I mean, that's, you that's, that's you my catchphrase right? for this episode is that, again, <laughs> seeing somebody who deserves it get their comeuppance, you do love to see it. I, I, I yeah, you you reap what you sow, right? Like you you push the line over and over again. I mean, it, it's the funny thing about it is in an alternative universe, and I've talked about this. Trump could have easily won re-election by simply saying, "Yep, coronavirus is real. Let's work on this. I'm gonna have the scientists work on it. My economy's great." And not gone down any of these bullshit roads with like, you know, the election being stolen and all. I mean, he could have won the election. <laughs> yeah, OK, let's I really quick. A thought experiment like he was so concerned about the economy, didn't want to shut down the economy. Right. His his amazing, beautiful economy. He even looking at it from a super selfish Trump centered point of view. Imagine that 
his advisors, if they were telling him, the medical advisors, look, if we shut down the economy now, prevent the spread of the virus, and we're able to contain it, yes, it's going to hurt. But then just imagine how the economy will come roaring back. And then you can talk about that, right? Like you could have done what some countries did, which was to, again, try to isolate the virus, shut down the country. And then the economic recovery that would have followed would have been a talking point he could have brought through the late summer into the fall and into the election. And he would have he would have won relatively maybe not easily, but like he probably would have would have won. I So I agree with you on that. And he it wouldn't. Is, I don't think he would have lost the suburbs. I mean, there were a lot of people who wanted to vote for Trump until he just got crazier and crazier. And I think one of the takeaways which is, is which is like really sad, right? Like, I mean, lying, that's, uh, yes. this is not what it should have taken to get this guy out of office. Yeah. And lying doesn't work. I mean, it, it, for a while you can cover your tracks, but like coronavirus is it is a societal shift, right? Like this is we are never going to be the same. This isn't something you can just this isn't a like small little you know scandal you can just lie about. And Trump is not prepared for this. Like his life was spent in real estate like, oh, yeah, the windows all open great. And then they stick and it's like, OK, big deal. Lie about it. This is a big he, he lied, resulting in the deaths of probably tens of thousands of people. I'm not saying people wouldn't have died. Right. I mean, we're not the only country that's that's significantly affected. Western democracies in general are getting hit hard by the virus because we have freedoms, right, that we that we use. And it's difficult to find a a medium between, you know, telling people they have to stay in their houses versus, you know, you you can do do as you please. And it's a difficult question. But he would have done so much better just treating people with respect and telling the truth. But that's not part of him. That's not part of who Trump is. It's not part of who he has ever been. That's why people voted for Joe Biden, because whether or not you're super stoked on Biden, you look at him and you think, you know what? That guy's probably not just going to lie for no reason. Right. He's probably going to tell me the truth. Right. I mean, he he's a decent guy. Imagine thinking that. I mean, I think many millions did, you know, well, um, I just I mean, yeah, I don't know. I was going to I was going to pivot to something else. But yeah, here, I would just want to do the last news you can use. OK, this is I just think this is so sad and ridiculous and petty. Trump won't attend the inauguration. Instead, he has he just has to have oh, his own farewell rally. It's going <laughs> to be in just... Florida, isn't it? No, it's at it's at Andrews uh, in Maryland. It's at an Air Force Base. It's it, honestly, if you think kind of like in, in conspiracy theory terms about this, it gets a little scary. You're like, OK, so he's going to have this big rally like just next to Washington. Like, what is he planning? But I literally think it's basically, you know, Trump wants to do this big thing and then get an Air Force One and then it's going to fly him to Mar-a-Lago. What a what a sad sack. Seriously, like what a loser. Wait a minute. When does, a doesn't he lose access to Air Force One pretty quickly or immediately? I think or? he gets I think what happens is so his his farewell rally is in the morning on oh. Wednesday. I believe he's at nine o'clock. So Joe Biden's sworn in at noon, of course. And so I think, you know, he does his rally and then his final flight his final taxpayer flight is he gets to, you know, get get shuttled down there to Mar-a-Lago, which is a whole nother hilarious story, because uh, I've been reading that some of the uh, when Mar-a-Lago was initially like expanded, he agreed that it would not be a, quote, permanent residence. And he's not supposed to spend more than like two months out of the year or something there. So there's a possibility he might not even get to stay in his own place. 
Yes. Nobody Trump taken down you. by homeowners associations. I love it. Nobody wants you, Donald Trump. Oh he's, man. He's gonna be. This is no way to treat a former president. I've also I've also heard the thing about Air Force One taking him down there is interesting because I mean he's not gonna fly commercial obviously, but then like a lot of private pilots don't want like to your point earlier a lot of businesses don't want to do business with this guy the thing that has carried him throughout his life has been his name the trump brand that brand has finally and hopefully irrevocably been stained and tarnished people don't want to work with him and nor should they and i just think it's very funny again that's literally everything has been his name and that is now the thing that's going to prevent him from doing the things that he used to do this guy should never run for president i mean this guy no. should have just yes absolutely yeah selling steaks and being on tv oh man this a person like this should have never thought they would be a good president and i cannot believe that he was able to convince so many millions that you know he would be a great leader this guy he, i mean he did a good job of tearing things apart that's for sure but one just kind of hilarious thought experiment i've been doing can you imagine being like uh, Ivanka Trump's like PR person and you know images of all of the insurrectionists at the Capitol with the Trump flags are coming in with people screaming you know beating police officers with American flags <laughs> chanting like, oh, chanting you know fuck the blue fuck the blue there's literally a video of them doing that I, I there's just no coming back from this this is just I mean if if any of these people try to run for office again all we have to do is bring up one of the 10 million images of this insurrection and it's like you remember that is, is that where we're going again any of those so, delicious videos that were on parlor I mean that's actually a perfect pivot to what 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 does all of this mean for Trump? And we are going to talk about a, a different angle of this in, in, in the next episode, I think. But just to repeat something we talked about before, Democrats won both Senate seats in Georgia. That's a really, really big deal. And just as, as a quick aside, remember that both of the Republican candidates for those Senate seats they got more votes than their Democratic counterparts in the general election, but they did not get above the 50% threshold needed in Georgia to win outright. So it went to a runoff. And the Democrats, despite having been trailing, you know, during the general election or actually not getting as many votes during the general election, ended up winning those runoffs in Georgia. And that is a really, really big deal. We've talked about it a ton. It tips the balance in the Senate. So there's now a 50-50 tie between Democrats and Republicans. But Kamala Harris, as the vice president, will be the tiebreaker, which effectively means that Democrats have control of the Senate. So in a future episode, we're going to talk about what Democrats you are winning. You know that you're a little tiebreaker. Sorry, I just had to. <laughs> okay, Jimmy. We're going to talk about what Democrats having control of the Senate means for incoming President Biden. But right now, for, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes, let's talk about what this means for Trump. And the first thing that I want to talk about is what this may mean for Trump's legacy. Um, let me ask you a question. Oh. We, we were just talking about, you know, Trump, everything is wrapped up in his name and his brand. The fact that Donald Trump lost his own election, the fact that he threw his weight behind these two Republican Senate candidates in Georgia that were leading after the general election and said, you should definitely vote for these people. And then those two Republicans lost. What do you think this means for Trump's legacy as a politician? How different would his legacy, would his power after office, how much different would that have been had either of those two Republicans won? If Republicans would have retained control in the Senate, but now they haven't, and it's kind of Trump's fault. What do you think that means for his political legacy moving forward? 
it's not kind of Trump's fault. It's 100% Trump's fault. And even Republicans are saying that in Georgia. You know, the... Uh, He's just the biggest loser. I mean, he lost the midterms for them. Remember? I mean, he he, he actually got slaughtered in in the in the midterms. And when it comes to Georgia, the amount of bungling that went on there. What was the message to voters that the that the vote was stolen? That there was fraud? And so come vote. That doesn't make any sense. Remember, and we've talked about this multiple times. Sidney Powell was down there telling people, and and Ellen Wood, Trump, two of Trump's lawyers, they were telling people not to vote. For like, you know, a few days they were saying that before someone finally shut them up. Trump absolutely failed to deliver on his promises, as has happened many times with many of his businesses, right? Trump top talks big. He's a narcissist. He's the greatest. He's amazing. He's going to make it all good. Well, you failed, right? The proof is in the pudding. This pudding tastes like shit. You, you didn't produce a you didn't produce an outcome, right? Like this is why mainstream Republicans like Mitch McConnell are just so done with Trump. Well, you let, can let, just no, let me latch onto that comment right there really quick and interrupt you. Do you think that because these two Republicans lost their Senate seats, you know, they had Trump's full support? Do you think this is going to lead to a fracturing in the Republican Party? Like I, something I've been Oof. thinking about a lot. Well, okay, one one other th yeah, let's let's get to that. But one other thing is remember, these two candidates actually performed better before the runoff, and in yeah. Georgia, the run the runoff system is actually created to disenfranchise Democrats. That's like the purpose of the runoff system. It's so people they don't think people are going to come out and vote. So the fact that, you know, Stacey Abrams and a number of other people, but I'm going to give credit to Stacey Abrams for creating just an incredible juggernaut of, of voter, um, just identifying voters that need to be registered, registering voters, getting them out to the polls, just getting people active in the in the process again. And then Trump just pushed the cart a little bit further up the hill for Democrats by by making, you know, Republican base feel like they didn't want to vote. And also by turning off, you know, voters in uh, in sort of like purple areas, you know, like the suburbs who Quite frankly, they were looking at Trump's behavior regarding the election and they thought this guy's full of shit, right? We don't believe what he's saying. I read one poll that said that, you know, 70 percent of people in Georgia felt like the election had been conducted fairly because they're listening to their local officials who they trust. Right. They're getting messages from right. local officials. But you know that term like all politics is local? Like I think Trump way overplayed his hand in Georgia. And a number of people actually asked him, would, would you just stay out of the state? Remember, like the secretary of state asked him, um, number of voter officials who identified as Republican told Trump, just be quiet. Let us run our elections. Right. Um, yeah, Trump, Trump, uh, he messed up. I mean, he messed up. He made a miscalculation. I just think it's interesting to think about whether it gives conservatives permission to detach themselves from the Republican Party um, or if it gives other conservatives permission to try to either persuade, you know, Trump supporting conservatives to change their thinking. I'm just curious what this means, because moving forward, I mean, you have another major election in two years, right? Every here in America, every two years, you have elections for the House of Representatives, they cycle through all the time. So the reckoning for this is going to come pretty quickly. That's not to mention any special elections or local elections you may have um, to see how this starts impacting conservatives and Republicans. I, I guess in short, I do think it's possible that the Republican Party splits or realigns. I don't think that 
the kind of the business as usual, trying to, you know, establishment Republicans trying to harness the power of the Trump voter to further their own gains. I don't know if that's possible anymore. I, I think basically like the Venn diagram of who likes Rush Limbaugh and who likes Trump is just getting closer and closer together until it's two concentric circles. Right. I think Trump one, is one circle with a thick it's, line. <laughs> it's one circle. I mean, I think Trump is a failed national politician. He I mean, this is it's like classic stuff, right? That's why Trump really bucked the trend. Like generally, when you're running for president, you say more extreme things in the beginning and then you kind of pivot to center, right? That's what everybody always does. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because you're trying to appeal to a broad coalition of people. In Biden's case, he he appealed to a broad coalition of people who think Trump is awful. I mean, basically, that's what it was. It's, it's funny you say that. I remember... I remember following the 2016 primaries, um, and I remember thinking really distinctly when Trump looked like he was going to get the Republican nomination, I legitimately thought, okay, this guy is going to start acting slightly less insane, and it didn't happen. And then, fool that I am, when he was elected president, I thought, okay, 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 this dude, he's a, he's a rich guy, he likes rich people. He's like his economic policies are going to look a lot like Mitt Romney. He's going to tone all this down. He's elected. He's going to he's going to even out a little bit. And he still didn't. And like I literally had I those thoughts not once but twice. And you know, not just you. I mean, a lot of us did. Twice, I think it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> I just I had him at least eighty times. I mean, it's a form of denialism, right? We we think that we live in a constitutional republic that is so stable and so sane that like someone like Trump could never you know rise to power. And we just kept trying to justify what was happening until finally the insurrection happened. And I mean, now it's <laughs> we, we tried to justify it. Then someone tried to overthrow the government oops yeah and i mean trump the whole time i mean many times he said like i have the tough people i have the bikers i have the hunters i mean he's been making comments like this the whole time it's just like you're just trying to make sense of the world and like it to, to get to the point of your question like how does this damage trump's legacy i think he continues to be a popular fringe figure and i'm not sure how fringy but i mean he's gonna be on the right for sure but i think his national career is is completely over i mean there's no coming back from this well i i have one more question about this and we have looking like we have about 12 minutes left and so i just one more comment on this section which is do you think that you know republicans losing the majority in the senate uh republicans blaming trump for that and i think again it is his fault I wonder whether this gives Republicans permission to impeach him and then convict him in the Senate, right? Remember that 10 Republicans voted for impeachment in the House. The first time Trump was impeached, that number was zero, right? So I wonder, and especially as we're getting more and more accounts from people who were, um, uh, who, you know, terrorized the Capitol, uh, saying that it was because of Trump calling them to do that. I wonder if maybe losing those seats in Georgia, I mean, it's disgusting to think of this as a political calculation for Republicans, if it maybe gives them permission to convict him in the Senate. What are your what? thoughts on that? One thing you should learn from the Trump era is that it's all a political calculation and that's the way it's going to be, right? Yeah, like that some things should just be like that is not good, right? Like and uh, I know it's yeah, it's definitely not good. I mean, I I don't think I have enough information to know, you know, how senators will vote, but I think it will be some combination of they'll be looking at polls in their district and they're basically going to say, is this going to make me less popular or more popular? And unfortunately, I think that it is likely that Trump won't be convicted in the Senate. I just think he's that 
popular with enough of the Republican base. And I don't think that many politicians are ready to jettison that. Um, I think you'll have a couple of, you know, Mitt Romney, for God's sake, what a statesman. I mean, honestly, I think Mitt Romney will, you know, and you've got some other some other sort of moderate Republicans, um, you know, in Alaska and in Maine. And um, but other than that, even Mitch McConnell, I think he I would be surprised if if Mitch McConnell actually voted to convict in the end in the state of Kentucky. There have been some reports that privately Mitch McConnell is glad that this is coming to the Senate, right? Like, and I do think that in the background, outside of the public eye, you do have Republicans. They're grabbing their calculators, like you said, and they're crunching the numbers on, okay, like it, this to them, it, it's not a moral question. It's a strictly political question about maintaining their own power. And nobody is better at running the abacus than Mitch McConnell. I mean, it, he's an evil human being. He is really, really good at wielding the amount of power that he has at any given time. So he is running his abacus, his little tortoise shell is just clicking away. And he he is figuring out really whether or not it makes sense to in this moment to convict Trump or not. And I, I here here's my point. I, I don't know what the answer is. I think there is a chance that enough Republicans finally see which way the wind is blowing for their future political careers. And especially since Trump will no longer wield the power of the presidency, I think that also has something to do with it. I think it is possible that he will be convicted. I'm not saying it's likely, but I do think it's possible. I mean, Trump feels so radioactive to me. It's unbelievable that, you know, there's any human being that wouldn't come up and stand up against this guy in any regard that they could. But, you know, it's difficult if if you've got, you know, 80 percent of people in your district who just love Trump because and let's talk about this for a minute. You know, the appeal of an authoritarian like Trump to the every man or every woman is that for for 20, 30 years on right wing radio, they've talked about how corrupt Washington is. These people hate Republicans as much as they hate Democrats in a sense they were chanting hang Mike Pence right they they think that Trump represents them right someone who hates both sides of the aisle he'll lash out at anyone and so there's a certain authenticity to Trump in in that he literally will go to war with anyone right and certain a certain proportion of the population you could call them sociopathic if you want or you could call them disaffected whatever you want to call them he really really appeals to that and so Trump's durability with those people he's right I mean Trump's right he said yeah I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue well he basically did right he basically did basically shoot someone did, yeah. And yeah, he's right. He's still got some support. I mean, his miscalculation there was a I guess the durability of our constitutional system and his inability to fully penetrate the military and police. I mean, there's there's some uh, information that's coming out now that there was some inside insider involvement with this insurrection, right? That, you know, there were either tours given or, you know, maybe the, the amount of resources that should have been directed to the area weren't directed. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'll I guess maybe we'll never know the true scope of this. But Trump sure thought that he had something going because he was speaking quite confidently up until, you know, a, a few hours after the insurrection was put down. Yeah, and that's something we, we don't even have time to get to this, but that the FBI is conducting really thorough reviews of all the military personnel that will be at the inaugural event on Wednesday, January 20, when we finally have a new president, um, because they are concerned about people who may try to, you know, may try to pull something during the inauguration. So at any rate, yeah, it's 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 terrifying. Yeah, and at this point, I mean, it's worth it's worth mentioning that there are between 15 and 20 
thousand troops in Washington, D.C. now, which is larger than the military presence that we had in Afghanistan and Iraq combined uh, when Trump withdrew. So, I mean, there's nothing is going to go down in Washington, D.C. But it the other interesting thing that I wanted to mention is, you know, I've been you know, as always, traipsing into the right wing media. And I saw a video from some QAnon supporter who was who was, you know, taking videos of some of the checkpoints and barbed wire in D.C. And they're saying, does someone who legitimately won an election need all the security? Maybe he needs all the security because they cheated. You know, so they're using oh, the presentation there, Huckleberry. They're, they're using the presentation of the Capitol as evidence that this is some sort of military coup that took place when obviously it was their actions that caused this. Right there. There were a few Capitol police. They easily got pushed aside. And obviously we've pr they've proved to us that, that we, you need to do more to secure the area. It's kind of um, like it's kind of like, wow, I was wielding something the other day and I burned my eyes and now I'm wearing sunglasses. And it's like, well, yeah, it's because you burned your eyes welding. It's not because there's some conspiracy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. That was a bad analogy, but you know what I'm saying? it's literally like yeah anyway just yeah so <laughs> for some reason like the the man that i pictured in in that little vignette was hulk hogan <laughs> That's why let I'm me laughing. tell your brother when you're welding two things together and you burn your eyes <laughs> that's that's randy savage dude that's oh, randy savage damn it yeah oh, whatever yeah hulk hogan it's more like this brother it's pre it's pretty similar man i mean i don't know <laughs> I it sounds kind oh, of the same randy savage has it up in the back of his throat he's like oh yeah i mean i love i love the they're classical cut from the same cloth they're cut from the same thin cloth that you can pull from your chest in a display of masculinity while you're in the ring but they're cut from the same cloth Okay, I'm going to make an admission right now that like in my younger days, not within the past 10 years, certainly, but like in my younger days, I have ripped off my shirt when becoming super angry. <laughs> uh, I can confirm that. Okay. Have, have you done that? No, I haven't. I think there's, I mean, you have to be kind of careful. You have to, especially if you're starting at the collar, you have to make sure there's like a little pre-cut. <laughs> Part of it. it can be tough. Well, that's why Hulk Hogan shirts had those like rip those like razor blade rip lines in them. So he could like get some good fingers in there and just like rip it off. And yeah, then like smart. Hey, bear his well oiled chest. You can't <laughs> knock him for being prepared, you know, <laughs> like planning. All right. So I'm going to rip off my shirt. And at that point, you'll run behind the desk. <laughs> I, this is I mean, going uh, off the rails, but like, man, like wrestling is is a very complex choreographed art. I mean, I, I look, I have a lot of respect. Like, oh, it's fake. Yeah, I mean, it's scripted, but it's difficult, man. I mean, that's like it's it's difficult stuff. I, I couldn't pull it off, neither from the physical part or from the choreography. It's tough. It's great entertainment. I think it's fun. And let's just loop back to Donald Trump. Donald Trump, you should go back to entertaining if anyone will have you and, you know, stick to inconsequential things because you sure messed us up, bro. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you sure messed us up. I mean, we could I could talk a little bit more about this QAnon problem that the right has. One thing we didn't get into is, you know, there's there's some chatter that there possibly were Congress folk involved in this insurrection, either giving tours around the Capitol or information leaks. Um, Lauren Bobart, you know, one of the newly elected uh, Congress people from Colorado who has risen to fame on being staunchly in support of carrying your gun to Congress. Um, there, there is, well, there's, there's documented evidence that during the riots, she tweeted out that the speaker had left, uh, left the chambers as if she was directing people, which is chilling and extremely frightening. 
yeah it's it is chilling it is frightening she is not fit for congress you're talking about earlier about the 14th amendment she's one of those people who ought to be removed i mean the things that she was tweeting during the day of the insurrection that today is 1776 uh-huh. what the hell do you mean by that like yep. saying on the house floor these protesters are my constituents out there right tweeting the fact that uh nancy pelosi had been removed from the chambers they had been explicitly told by security do not tell anybody outside of this chamber not your family not your friends and certainly not social media anything about what we're doing is people are breaking into the building right now don't say anything and she's tweeting like that is who this person is can i can i say something just a little bit mean i don't like being mean you know me i'm a, I'm a kind person but like uh, i feel like lauren Boebert. she needs a little bit of uh, criticism from me the tone of angry wife is not a good speaking voice okay you, like i just i heard her on the radio and she's like my constituents don't it's like that doesn't sound strong it sounds well, let's <laughs> I, I will i'll push back a little bit i wouldn't criticize somebody for how they sound right like i have a pretty high voice like i can't really help that it's not it's not the it's not the tone i have a high voice too it's the anger from nowhere it's this like i'm just angry i I guess that's what i'm coming to yeah i'm not i'm not criticizing her speaking voice i'm criticizing where she's coming from all of us high voice people are coming for you now alex I'm a high voice person. Listen to me. I talk like this. No, I'm saying it's coming coming from a place of anger. Like I am so angry. That's why I'm here. That is not that is not a constructive way. Well, guess to who, approach guess governance. who else does that? Guess who does that too? Yeah, I know. Donald I Trump. Know. Like if the we were actually, daddy. we were talking about that in a previous episode where it's like uh, a whole generation of people, myself included, mimicked their speaking voices after the political people they admired. Like I watched a lot of Barack Obama to help train me to get better at public speaking when I was terrified of it. And so people like this, yeah, they're taking their cues from people like Donald Trump. So you're right. When they're speaking, it is this like totally unnecessary misplaced i'm angry all the time everything is like outrage like total outrage and the problem with that is we live in a democracy and when you live in a democracy it is assumed that the other party will at some point be in power right that's the whole point of voting the whole the whole structure of a democracy is set up so that a minority party has a check and a balance against the other party and and the ruling party is expecting at some point to hand over the reins of power so this idea that we're going to go through life just being completely outraged you know that this is this is beyond anything that we can accept that this other party would have any sort of say that's not democracy that's authoritarianism it right? is that's it, wait a really quick it's a it's a minor breaking news um and we kind of already oh, knew this oh da, 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 da. it's very minor but i just what are we doing i saw it come across know. my screen that okay. uh this is from cnn Instead of being greeted by their predecessors predecessors on Wednesday, as is tradition, Joe and Jill Biden will not be met by the president and the first lady. They'll instead be met by the White House usher, the White House chief usher. <laughs> I don't even know who that person is. I don't think anybody does. Like that so is, instead, this is not okay. okay. This let is me, not let me just say, let me just say, instead of that, they should be met by actual usher, the musician, at least. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's I so like- sad. Trump is such a sore loser. And okay, I'll apologize to Lauren, Bo- Lauren Bobart then. I'm not trying to make fun of her voice. I'm talking about the energy and where that comes the right, from. The self-righteous indignation. No, your point's well taken. And she's, yes. a, she's a dangerous person who should never have been elected. By the way, really quick, shout out to the White House Chief Usher, 
Timothy Timothy Harleth. What uh, up, Timothy? Tim, Tim, he, he's a 2017 hire from the Trump International Hotel in Washington. Will most night most likely not stay in the Biden administration, but um, he will be there. So there you go. You have somebody who used to work for the Trump Hotel who has more courage and is less of a coward than President Trump himself. Very and good. look, look how I don't know what the qualifications are for White House usher, but look how cheapened our country has been. The Trump Hotel. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's I'm pretty not, bad. No, I'm just saying. It's like, I mean, you would it's think. Bad. I, I don't know. You would think the White House usher would maybe be someone. I know there's also like a White House historian. I, again, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but like Trump just hires people who who he knows and have said something good about him. That's basically the. We've talked about this a million times. You know. Wait, I have one uh. more thing. This is. I know it's a little off topic, but really quick. Uh, <laughs> by the time that Biden is welcomed to the White House, all Trump paraphernalia will be gone and a thorough top to bottom cleaning of the entire white house campus will have been completed including special attention to the rugs carpets and the the curtains to tackle any possibility of <laughs> lingering germs i love it that's it sorry trump is famously a germaphobe but of course you know they had multiple uh, out, outbreaks and hot spots for coronavirus now luckily joe biden and probably joe biden too have Wait. been i'm i'm assuming vaccinated by now what yeah they have one more okay from this article this this is a this is a gold mine. Okay, okay. Uh, one part of the bedroom setup will be markedly different with the Bidens than it was for the Trumps. Why? Because the Bidens will be sharing a bedroom. Donald Trump slept in his own go. bedroom, which was previously a study or a den during other administrations. This guy, no, I, dude, like, don't whoa. be mean. He's got to study up on his tweets, man. It takes a while to, you know, Trump once referred to himself as the Hemingway of Twitter. I mean, that doesn't come from nowhere. He needs space, bro. I just, I, they didn't even <laughs> sleep in the same room. Like that's not, that's not like, oh man. Anyway. Okay. That's it. You, you gotta uh, get you gotta get some of that juicy gossip in. I I love this kind of stuff just because it's like, again, you, there's so much that's heavy. There's so much that's serious, and it's just kind of fun to make fun of the fact that they have to, you know, they have to deep clean the entire White House. I just that's funny. And so, okay, to go back and pick on Lauren Bobart one more time. So the right has a QAnon problem. This is a person who's been elected to Congress, and the reason she was tweeting things like "This is 1776" is she is literally getting information from an anonymous source that's probably a Russian spy giving her, <laughs> you know, reading the tea leaves dropped from like high up levels of government. You know, I'm a I'm a secret military government cooperative who's who's funneling secrets out to you guys. And a lot of these QAnon people were absolutely convinced that there was a zero percent probability that Trump would be leaving the White House and that he would get four more years. And there were videos posted even even the day even in the days after the insurrection from the ceo of my pillow <laughs> you know this guy oh, my pillow, this dude, my pillow yes. guy, you know saying that i have high level evidence that donald trump will still be your president in four years i mean and lauren bobert is is signed up for that right she's on those mailing lists and so what she's doing appears logical to her it's a big big problem because it's going to make it very difficult for Republicans to win national elections. Yeah, you can have a few kooky Congress people, but are you sure you're going to sacrifice your whole party for that?
I mean, just a rhetorical question there. No, it's a good one. And again, like, look for this person, look for her name to come up as lawmakers are held accountable for their roles in the insurrection. And she's one of them. I think it's really, really clear, again, that she was signaling to people outside what was happening inside at the Capitol, that she was inciting people to take action and to be violent, you know, saying today, 1776, all that. So, yeah, I think it's someone's someone's name you should be you should become familiar with. All right, Brandon. Well, I just want to get kind of loop everything together. You know, we've talked a lot about a lot on this episode and as always been a lot of fun. Is there anything, any parting thoughts you would want to leave us with or anything that sort of weighs heavily upon your soul that you would like to just just get out there? Elections have consequences, which is a sure famous do, line from Mitch McConnell, right? Sure do, Mitch. And and I think that that is my takeaway from this episode is that for better and for worse, and in this case, I think for the better, that elections have major consequences and we're going to see a lot of major changes, not just at the presidency, but in national policy in, in the Senate and the House because of these elections. Um, so that's, that's what I got. What I want you to think about is how are you going to listen to this show? And you should go to Remember Polysci. That's remember, P-O-L-I-S-C-I.com. You can also find us on basically any podcatcher, whether it's Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, it doesn't matter. Uh, We would appreciate if you listen to the show and if you share it with your friends, if you found any of this fun. And again, we are going to talk about what the two Democratic wins in Georgia mean for the incoming Biden administration. By that time, Biden will be president. And we have a lot to talk about. I am anxious to stop talking about Trump. We've said it before, but he keeps giving us reason to bring his name up again. But hopefully that's going to end soon. Um, So that's all I got. Alex, any last things for you? I just want to say, everyone, you know, focus on the good things in your life. Try to stay positive and just be thankful that we don't have four more years of that hair. Amen to that. (laughs) 